Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where two middle-aged men sit around and complain about those folks in our lives that violate the social contract that we all agree to live by. I'm your host, the Raz Grease, with my co-host, the Buck Grundle, bringing you interesting and weird stories from all over the internet. <laughs> That's pretty much the way we should go with all... this. All... Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I mean, like, all over the internet. Because that's pretty much what this has devolved into, is every week we bring you a selection of interesting stories that so you don't have to go look them up. That's pretty much what it comes down to, folks. I and, wouldn't call that devolving, though, Rez. I would call that evolving. This is true. The, the podcast did start out something very different. This is what it is now. Uh, episode 30, I, I've... Uh, named it Christmas Liabilities, because here we are on the, the 27th day of December, and get, <laughs> we were a little late recording. Typically, we do this on uh, Fridays, but here we are on uh, Sunday. So <laughs> uh, we normally do it on Fridays, but hey, Christmas, Christmas happens. And then I, I felt like miserable horse crap the other day. I, I was on the verge of uh, going to get a COVID test yesterday. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's uh, that's weird because today is the day where I just feel like utter garbage. I really, really do. Then why are we recording? You could have told me no. Because I look forward to this. And I've had like a really like, you know, I want to say I'm going to go ahead and call it a bad week. Because, well, it's, you know, I'm just uh, I'm starting to suffer from cabin fever is what it uh, is, what it really boils down to, because. You know, I was, again, evaluating my, you know, times away from my homestead. And if if we were to look back at the entire calendar of 2020, I can I can really tell you that there have only been 11 times where I've left the confines of my home. That is the four walls of my home. And then the times that I have left my actual property are only eight okay now granted you know a couple of those times that i left and i think two of them i was away for you know a couple of nights but still but still i mean like it's it's really starting to get to me so you know i've just i've had a crappy week because of it you know i'm just sitting here i got the blues you know it's just a seasonal thing i'll, I'll you know i'll eventually find something to get myself over it but this week, it's it's definitely taken its toll on me. Well, you see, we, we have not discussed the, what we're going to talk about, other than I I, list, I do tell you the, the stories that you sent me that I kind of said, yeah, these are the ones we're going to use. Um, so th- this is not like a planned thing, but uh, you have talked to me in the past about doing a vlog series for our YouTube page. And I, I think that's this is like an excellent time for you to start doing that. And I'm I'm just going to pressure you by making it public that you, you've been talking about doing this, and people need to tell you to get off your ass and send me some video. I can't get off my ass. I'm in a wheelchair, you dick. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. Hang on. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. See, that's that's what I'm talking about. See, I'm talking about my week being all sorts of bad, but here we are in the last day, and I got myself a rim shot. Woo! <laughs> got a rim shot. Got a rim job from Jim, from the Raz. Make that into a t-shirt. So, look forward to that in the year 2021. Buck's going to get off his ass and actually make his vlog series. 
Yeah, you're gonna. Yeah, you're gonna. You know what? And I'll make the first episode of my vlog series of what it looks like when I actually get off of my ass. Like, if you want to see something where you, this is why I don't go out in public because you would instantly donate money if you saw <laughs> if you saw me try to get up and walk on the two legs that were given to me at birth. You would give me money. You do kind of you do kind of resemble a newborn giraffe. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man! Uh, like, and then you give me forearm crutches, and if I slip on those things, man, it look like Bambi on ice. I'm telling you, like, this is the reason people bought cars from me. Like, they just fucking <laughs> they just fucking felt bad. If I can get somebody to spend forty grand at the drop of a hat just because they feel bad, imagine what would happen if I put that shit on the internet, man. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Very true indeed. But let's start out. This is this is going to be a short episode. I'm just going to be perfectly frank. But uh, we do have some goodies. Uh, first off, an Osceola woman popped at local motel with stolen Walmart electric scooter. Of all the things to steal. <laughs> uh, OC- and, you ahead. know, you, you've, you've got the uh, mugshot of this woman. And does it accurate, like, when I sent this one over over our group chat to be, like, reviewed and vetted out, I immediately, right thereafter, sent, because of the mugshot this woman's taken, my my caption to that mugshot was, she does not look like she regrets shit. (laughs) And And no, she she really doesn't. She's got, like, this grin on her face, like, yeah, I did it. Yep, this woman is just like the poster child for no regrets. <laughs> well, this Osceola woman was jailed recently after she was found at a local motel with a stolen electric scooter. A Marion County Sheriff's deputy was called to the Stage Stop Inn located at, whatever, uh, Silver Springs Boulevard in reference to a trespassing incident. When he arrived, he spoke with the motel's manager, who said that the 28-year-old Avril Renee Toy had taken the electric scooter from a nearby Walmart. <laughs> Why does the hotel manager know that? Other than the fact that I guess it has Walmart stickers all over the damn thing. Uh, I'm ready to say, you can't, like, discreetly boost one of those, man. You just can't do it. No, it, it's not like it's something you're going to get from a high-end um, mobility store. You know, it's, it, it's a little more than a, a kid's go-kart, like a Power Wheels. <laughs> Yeah, I think Power Wheels might be faster. Well, I'll tell you this. The Power Wheels don't, <laughs> don't hurt as much when it hits you in the back of the freaking ankles when they, when Granny doesn't know how to use the damn thing. Yeah. But the deputy spoke with the manager at Walmart and confirmed that Toy had left the store with the scooter. She was then placed yeah. under arrest and transported to Marion County Jail. Toy was charged with larceny and grand theft and released the following day on a $2,000 bond. She is due in court in January <laughs> to answer the charges. Uh, yeah. What, of all the things you're going to steal, because, you know, in a prior life, and I, I was a professional shoplifter. That's what I told people. When people ask me, what do you do for a living? I told them the company I worked for. Well, what do you do? I'm a professional shoplifter. That's what I did. I, I would go and I would literally spend an entire two or three day period shoplifting everything I could from a particular store. Now it was, 
they were they paid me to do that because they wanted to see how their security could be tightened up. So we would go through and literally spend three days stealing as whatever we could, and then come back on the on the like the following Monday. They'd have a big employee meeting set up, and we'd just start wheeling in carts of all the shit that we took. And then we'd teach them how to to catch shoplifters and how to to avoid shrink. And then there was other things that we did too that I'm not going to go into right now. But that was like that that was the fun one. And th- there were so many things that I stole, like ridiculous things. I mean, you start out small, like with the. Uh, Mach 3 razor blades and and condoms and, and shit like that. It's not that people normally steal from, from these types of places. And then near the end, you just you just kind of got stupid. You just started stealing stupid shit. We had a contract with Walmart at one point, and I literally stole televisions out of Walmarts just because of how ridiculously easy it was. But I never thought to steal one of those goddamn scooters. <laughs> you know kind of ingenious when you think about it because if you're going to go in there and you're, you obviously did not provide their own transportation upon you know orchestrating this heist you know they go in there they rob the place blind and now they got to walk home with their tape you know like that's <laughs> this one lot. just keep rolling <laughs> that, so like that could be a lot of shit to carry so well, you look over you look over and you're like that's got a basket <laughs> like and, See, and, like all those Walmart scooters, I will tell you, as as like morally diminishing as they really are, I say that as a mobile, like I use an electric wheelchair. I would not. I would rather try and chicken walk my way through a fucking Walmart than use one of those scooters. I'm sorry. I just that's just me. Well, I, you know, if you if you're okay with it, fine. But you know, I can totally see somebody going. You know what? It may not be the fastest ship in the fleet, but it'll get me where I want to go. So fuck it. And then they just put it on red and spin the wheel. They're like, man, I made it out of here with shit that I never thought I'd be walking out of a store with. Just put it in the basket and drive it away. You know? You'd be shocked how you'd be shocked how blatant you you could be and still get away with shit. But you know, we we, we've referenced the fact that you and I have worked in, in the prison system in the past. That's how we met. And yep. we've also referenced the fact that you, sir, are in a wheelchair. We've yes. also referenced now a wheelchair story. So this is my segue. Do you remember a certain individual? We're not going to say names, but a certain individual got sentenced to a work release who was in a wheelchair. I do. His and, last name was painful. Yeah. Well, we kept having this contraband issue with tobacco because tobacco was outlawed uh, in the prison system in, in Pennsylvania where we worked. And we could not figure out where the fuck it was coming from. And I was, con- I, I was convinced. I was freaking convinced it was that damn wheelchair. We tore that yeah, thing apart. Yeah. We were checking all the tubing, everything. And I'm, I'm still kind of bitter to this day that I'm not the one that found it. But yeah. But do you remember where it no, was? I, I do. I do remember. And I also, like I said, the man's name was painful. <laughs> You know, and and that, that I'm only saying that because that way you and I both know I know exactly the individual you're talking about. His brother and his nephew were also inmates at the same facility at the same time. So go on about the contraband. And I just remember it was found by our. Uh, how do I say this without? Well, we'll just call him Gus. Yeah. Wasn't it Gus that found it? 
I think so. Uh, I don't remember where exactly in the chair it was. Oh, I, I do. It was in the seat cushion. What, I do. What he in the seat took cushion? all the stuffing out of the seat cushion and replaced every bit of it with tobacco. <laughs> with rolling, rolling, like uh, roll your own type dry tobacco. Right. So the entire seat cushion was made of tobacco. <laughs> I mean, we're talking actually... like a, a freaking pillowcase worth of freaking dried tobacco that this guy was sitting on, and nobody realized it for weeks. Weeks, this guy was oh. doing that. Yeah. And you know what? I am currently sitting on a wheelchair seat cushion, and I. I can tell you, it's a, it's an ingenious ploy. I've been in and out, you know, and I'll tell you what, man, the guy in the wheelchair is the person you want to hide your shit with because nobody fucking searches me. Nobody, Not nobody, a soul. Not Every, a soul. everybody is so aff- like I went into the courthouse in, uh, in Hall County, Georgia. Like it is the capital city of, we don't take Kylie to your tag. Okay. Cousin like, fuck County. <laughs> yeah, pretty like it's not that bad. I mean, it's actually really beautiful down there. But either way, you know, the local flavor at the courthouse, okay, when they were treating they were mean mugging everybody that came up to that to that, you know, enter the courthouse line with the metal detectors and everything, the second the second my entourage <laughs> that's what I call it. My, <laughs> like there's no better way to take call it though. I mean, like, you know, my 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 caregiver slash wife and you know her family are all walking with me and so the second we go into this place and they're opening doors for me and we roll in there oh people are like tipping their hats they're like right this way i'm like (laughs) i'm like okay i was like well you know my my caregiver can bring a chair over here so i can transfer over into it you guys can search my wheelchair like i volunteered that you know i worked i worked i worked in a in a place where you know we searched everything, everything. <laughs> like I, there's not. I wouldn't take that personally if somebody asked me to do that. That's somebody doing their damn job. It's got nothing to do with my personal liberties. Everybody's got the right to be safe. So yeah, I offered to transfer out of my wheelchair. Guy looks at me. He's like, no, 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 no need. I was like, well, I have bags on the sides. He's, I, he's like, just unzip them. Let me look inside. I was like, you don't want me to take them off. I can, you know, I can actually, like, leave them here at the front if need be. Like, I'm actually, like, I saw somebody with, like, bars on their shirt, man. Like, I'm, like, trying to, like, give this guy, like, a mulligan. I'm, like, no, don't just let me through. Don't just do that. Don't do that. Like, don't do Don't, <laughs> don't <laughs> like, do that. The, the, like, dude, I'm I'm offer like, you can pick me up and bear hug me if it'll help you keep your job. Just don't let me through here without searching me at all. And boom, lo and behold, guy with the freaking bars on his shirt's like, no, don't even worry about it. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, this chair could be fucking ticking. And they like, (laughs) (laughs) like, like, what the shit? Like, nobody searches the guy in the wheelchair. Nobody searches the guy in the wheelchair. We worked in a prison. We worked in a prison. I will tell you, as a fellow prison employee, that when that guy came in, I never searched his wheelchair. I never did. I thought it would be. Like, I did, but I, I didn't take it apart. Like, Dude, I fucking ripped that thing to pieces. Yeah. I ripped like, that I never, son of a bitch to pieces. The only thing I didn't check was the fucking seat cushion. But I'm also the same guy that made the midget stand on the stool, so I had to lean over to look under his balls. I remember that, too. That was hilarious. <laughs> I, I think I, I, was, I was either giving a break down there at the time, or I was posted with you down there at the time. I'd have to say that I was just giving something yeah, a break. You, we weren't allowed to work but, together, so... 
But I do remember both of you walking out of that exam room just like you were sitting there with like this shit eating like I don't give a fuck grin. And he's just like basically got his head in his hands. Like walk of shame the whole way back into the block. And, you know. Well, he had a reputation for bringing stuff in. Okay. First and foremost, I want that to be known. Hey, you know what? I never questioned your methods, man. I never questioned you. If you said it had to be searched, well, guess what? It had to be searched. You know, I was very, very lenient a lot of time, most of the time with the inmate population. But anytime you, anytime you got a wild hair up your ass about anything, didn't matter what it was, didn't matter where you were calling me from, didn't matter how my day was going or anything. If Raz called me up on the phone and was like, hey, man, you got to check this and this and this and this. Or this needs to be searched. You call me from the control room. You get a tip from another inmate on a block that you're working. If you told me that something might be fishy, I always looked into it. So if Raz got a suspicion that there was something afoot, you know, I, I'd give you a 75% success ratio. I was really good at searching shit. <laughs> really good at cars. I was really good at cars. But you were you were the car guru. Yeah, I found the hooch in the ceiling too. That was a good one. That was hilarious. <laughs> I was working it. I was working. I was working the minimum security housing unit when you found it. <laughs> well, <laughs> we took the shortest. That's sto- why we know who. That's why we know who made the hooch. <laughs> so the funny thing is, we took the shortest story of the day. We made it like the longest <laughs> roundabout way to talk about it. <laughs> so what? No, I'm just so pointing out it's funny, that's all. But well, either way, so I'm going to amend your, your previous statement. This might be a short episode. This might be. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on to our next story. This has been reported by Fox News. Court tells German baker to stop making sawdust cookies. You heard that right. News... <laughs> News of the court ruling was uncovered by Juris.de, a legal news website based in uh, Losheim, Germany. The baker, who will remain unidentified, has reportedly run a mail-order business selling sawdust cookies for around 20 years. See, when you first sent this to me, I thought for sure the guy was just putting sawdust in there as filler, and people are like, oh my god, this he's been doing this for, oh my god. No, this dude is actually advertising that he's selling sawdust cookies. Okay. Well, plant-based protein. Okay. My German is okay, but I cannot pronounce this court. So we're just going to refer to it as the court. The court deemed that the ingredient as unfit for human consumption. These cookies must not be allowed into the food chain because they are not safe and are objectively seen not fit for human consumption. It isn't even used in the industrial animal feed sector, the court said in a ruling on Monday. What do you mean it can't get in the food chain? The dude's been selling them for 20 fucking years. It's there, dude. I was, yeah, like. mm, Thanks for stopping them, Dudley Do-Right. Yeah, dollar short and a day late there, brother. (laughs) The baker in question claimed to have reached out to to the city he lives in in 2004 about the use of sawdust and argued that he did not hear back from government officials. Moreover, the ingredient has reportedly been listed on the packaging of his cookies. The baker also said he uses a microbiological sawdust as a flour replacement, which he purchases from a natural products retailer. He went on to add that the sawdust is a herbal product that is similar to bran. 
So, me personally, I would not be averse to trying that. I, I, would I mean, try like, it. I. I mean, yeah. there, there's plenty of stories out there, like especially during the like the American Civil War, where soldiers would would boil their leather shoes just to, to, to get food, and there was sawdust put into uh, foods to uh, you know make them more substantial and actually feed people that were starving to death during 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 certain periods of time. So I mean, it's it's not a new novel concept. Uh, it's just one that's kind of like really. <laughs> You know, there there was a time in my life where I survived for weeks, weeks, not days, not a couple of hours, no, weeks, on something called starvation steaks, okay? And a starvation steak is flour, butter, and whatever else you got, okay? That's all it is. You get the butter hot, you throw flour in there until it makes a patty shape, you add in a little Montreal steak seasoning and do some clever shaping, and you got yourself a flour butter T-bone steak. And I survived on this. You know, I, if if somebody would have looked at me and had been like, and I got some sawdust, I'd be like, fuck it, throw it in. I really would have been. I Like, you know, I am not, I, like, seriously, if if we were to look at, like, the global population 20 years ago when this man started his sawdust cookie empire and looked at the global population today, I could bet you dollars to donuts that there has not been like a drastic, like, you know, impact on the global population of the earth because of these sawdust cookies. Uh, no. And they're really, and, and he, you know, what you just described is hard tack. I mean, it was <laughs> it was it was standard issue again during the American Civil War. It was standard issue to soldiers. Uh, it was just, it's called hardtack. But you know, my goal in my life is to eat every animal. <laughs> I mean, I love meat, and I, I like I really do intend on visiting Japan and eat and spending two weeks eating my way across that country. I did the same thing when I was in China. I spent three weeks eating my way across that country, and I gained weight. Everybody else in our group lost five to ten pounds. Not my family. Oh no, we enjoyed every goddamn minute of it. But I'm I'm looking forward to going back to Japan because I want to eat horse. I'm looking forward to going to Korea and trying to find somebody who's selling dog. I want to try all the meats. I, if you found somewhere someone could throw me a dolphin, I'd have me some dolphin. I take that for what I you will. I agree with that. I want to try everything. Uh, but the whole idea of the sawdust, yeah, it doesn't sound palatable and. I, I wouldn't ever intentionally buy it, but uh, there, well, think about it though, man. Like, think about it. You know, of course, you wouldn't sit down and eat, you know, an entire thing of sawdust. You know, you wouldn't just like reach your hand into a a, a thing, a, a bucket, and grab a fistful of sawdust and throw it in your mouth. You wouldn't do that with a bucket of flour either. But yeah, there's the odd duck that may or may not every once in a while, but generally speaking. Probably not. But if you bake flour along with other stuff, you know, eggs and sugar and water and whatever, whatever, you get this thing called a cookie or a cake or sometimes even a noodle. So if you were to substitute one grainy, you know, soluble material with another, logic would dictate that you would probably end up with something that is edible and yeah, again, I just don't see a problem with it being sawdust. It shit tastes good. 
And what the hell's the problem? Hmm. Well, the, the natural product shop where the sawdust was purchased took part in the case as well and argued that the ingredient is a vegetable product. Um, so he got it, kind of had some backing on there. However, the court does not seem to see it in that way and has upheld the decision made by the city inspectors who test the baker's cookie dough and ordered that he stop selling the goods with sawdust in 2017. The baker will be able to appeal the decision to the higher court, uh, but it's unclear whether he's going to do that yet or not. I imagine he probably will. Although the court has determined that the sawdust is not fit for human consumption and the ingredients are not approved as a novel food by the European Commission, it is not the first item that has been used. In, not the first time the item has been used, rather. In the 1700s, European millers and bakers made making bread with sawdust to feed people at a low cost according to the 2017 report from uh, the Cornucopia Institute, a natural food and farm policy watchdog in the United States. At some point, some clever miller was like, hey, what if we combine flour with sawdust? The Penn State food historian Brian McDonald told the outlet at the time, we're selling stuff by weight and people don't really have a good way of knowing what flour and what's sawdust. True enough. In recent years, sawdust and its variants such as wood pulp, wood flour, and cellulose have made headlines for being in common foods, common foods sold in the U.S. Back in 2016, the Bloomberg Business Commission third-party lab tested that found that wood and pulp and cellulose in multiple cheese brands. Now, when I was like 16 years old, I worked in a McDonald's for a couple months just like everybody else did. And I, I did, there was a thing that came out at the time about cardboard being found in McDonald's hamburgers. They're not lying. There was, there, there was legit. Like sometimes you'd find like, like fibers of it in the, the freaking burgers. They were, they were filling it with cardboard. It's not the, it's, this is not a new concept. <laughs> um, I used to do um, some retirement planning for a bunch of individuals that worked at ConAgra Foods. And that is where they make something called Chef Boyardee. And I will tell you right now that every single one of you that has ever eaten a can of SpaghettiOs or, you know, raviolis or anything like that would be absolutely disgusted if you saw how that ship is made. Oh, no. Or, or, no, what, no. or what went into it. No. I got, oh, no. I got one better for you. When I was 18, maybe? Yeah, I had to have been. I had to have been, I had to have been, uh, I had to been uh, legally an adult. I worked for a company uh, that would supply security officers for factories and stuff like that. And I got stationed at a company called Naus Foods. Naus Foods made a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. uh, they made a lot uh, of stuff. Most of it was Apple based, but not all of it. Uh, they made Arizona iced tea. Uh, they made vinegar. Uh, made applesauce. You know, a lot of Apple products. But the thing they made that was just the just the most disgusting thing in creation: apple butter. Apple I love butter. Apple butter. Oh, I could not eat apple butter for about fifteen years. When I saw how these fuckers made apple butter, it literally was everything they had left just thrown in this vat and boiled and boiled and boiled and boiled and boiled and boiled. You'd go in there at night because that section of the factory was closed at night. They didn't have 24 hours in that section. 
and you'd walk through and the rats would just be swimming in it. Yeah, it was... Mm-mm, no, sir. Uh, I couldn't... And there was, like, orange peels and everything else. It was just the most disgusting thing in creation. It really was. Um, now, I've since found out that more reputable companies <laughs> uh, make apple butter in very different ways. Uh, actually, my wife can make apple butter here at the house, and it comes out delightful. I'm busy currently trying to trade uh, some apple butter for some venison, so... <laughs> I'm just letting you know your depiction of how apple butter was made was very, very cringing. And then you got to depart rats swimming through it. And my soul actually came away from my body and threw up on my tongue. Like, like that was horrible. Yeah, it, it, it was nasty. All right. So we have a couple more stories left for you today. Uh, the first one. Uh, is going to be our Florida Man story. So let's cue the music. Florida Man, Florida Man Does whatever the fuck he can Makes headlines every time Florida's paradigm Look out! Here comes Florida Man Indeed, here comes Florida Man because in South Palm Beach, sorry, West Palm Beach, Florida, Burmese pythons may not be everyone's first food of choice for the festive holiday season or the second third or even the fourth for starters it's snake okay i'm gonna stop right there with the author snake's good depending on yeah i like, like snake what <laughs> that's very speciesist. yeah you species this is a uh, this is uh news for jacksonville so news for jax uh screw you snake's good okay continuing Plus, because of potentially high mercury levels, there's a lot of uncertainty over the health risks posed by eating South Florida's most destructive invasive species. Again, I'm going to stop. It's destructive and invasive, so it's a good thing to get rid of it, right? It's cool. Uh, check for mercury and move on. Eat the snake. But one of yeah. South, South Florida python hunter has been experimenting with what some have dubbed chicken of the glades. <laughs> Making making meals, snacks, and even sweets that could give the holidays that distinctive South Florida flavor. How about a python jerky? Or a plate of constrictor and grits for breakfast? Or maybe a nice Christmas cookie whipped up with some snake yolk dough? I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I, I really... Like, I'm not averse to that either. Like, I'm actually smiling at this. I'm like, I I would eat that. I mean, like, so what? We're, we're fucking adults, man. You take a bite. You either like it and eat more, or you don't, and you fucking stop. There's, and like, I just don't understand. Like, like people, people are really being melodramatic about this whole like, oh, look what they're doing to make food. It's like, have you ever been to a foreign country? Like, have you ever seen how people eat away from the USA? Like, let me tell you what. There's nothing that can be done to a cat to make it taste good. I know this for a fact. I know this for a fact. I want to try cats. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I just personally, like, I don't believe that even old El Paso can tackle the cat. I, I'll be honest. I just, if, somebody, I just, if somebody put Fluffy down on the plate in front of me, I'd take a big old bite of Fluffy. Well, I wouldn't because I've already, I've already done it. And I would just rather take a bite of Fluffy's cousin, like, you know, the minx. Or the links. Well, see, I, 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 there's this really cool thing. Um, when we first got to China and I was getting over the 
horrendous jet lag. I almost died from jet lag. <laughs> uh, it's a 12-hour difference, so yeah, it was pretty significant. Um, we went to this thing in Beijing called the Night Market. And the Night Market is exactly what you'd expect it to be from like movies and stuff like that. It, it's just an alley. It's a series of alleys, all interconnected. And you go there well after dark, and that's when everything kicks off. There's food vendors, people selling stuff. It's all ripped. They're all trying to rip you off. But the food vendors, you're going down there, there is legit rats on a stick. There's like places to go by where this guy's got scorpions on a stick. Most of it's on a stick. <laughs> well, why not? There's a guy with a vat. Why not? There's a guy with a vat ladling stuff out because this is your beer. You know, <laughs> uh, it was it was a truly awesome experience. I'm I'm not gonna lie. It was it was an awesome experience. Uh, I didn't really eat anything because I was barely walking at that point. Uh, but if I ever had the opportunity to go back, that is definitely one of the places I'd want to go a second time, as opposed to someplace new. If they said, you know, we obviously we're going to different places, but, uh, if they said, if there's one place you wanted to revisit, uh, it's not the great wall. Seen it, seen it. I'm going to go back to the night market. It's yeah, the Great Wall is totally overplayed from what I hear. Oh, I, God, yes. Yeah, I, from from eyewitness accounts, not just you and your wife, but, you know, others, I would I would personally label it as the mildly above average Wall of China at best. It's filthy, too. <laughs> it's almost as bad as the bathrooms. But I digress. Uh, you know, people need to get their freaking nose out of the goddamn air when it comes to food. I mean, let me, let me just let me just go over something here. This is my own little personal rant, and I went over with somebody this at work the other day. So, do do you eat do you eat carrots? Yes. Okay, most people do. It's one of the most least objectionable vegetables, in my opinion. But let's 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 follow the life of the carrot, shall we? Not not that it's growing up, but let's go from the time it's harvested. So, what do we have? Well, we have a root vegetable so it's in dirt what's that dirt full of it's full of shit because it's fertilized so make a bigger better carrot well how do you think that carrot gets from a hole of shit to your plate well let me tell you i mean this is just a brief explanation but first off some guy is going to be in the field probably named julio uh who's going to pull said carrot out of the ground and throw it in the back of a truck. Now, this is a big, long field. It's not some controlled, small thing like eh, the community garden. No, this is a big-ass goddamn field because they're growing shit tons of carrots. And while you're there, if, uh, say, you're picking carrots and you have to go to the bathroom, you think you're going to trek your ass all the way back to the farmhouse? No, sir. You're going to drop trout. You're going to piss and shit nope. right there it is. So you got whatever they're using to fertilize, plus human waste everywhere, plus they're spitting, coughing, whatever. They are, but everyone's sick because it's a third world country they're probably coming from, or at least third world workers, because you know we'll hire people as long as it's and say it's okay as long as it's convenient, and then they're gonna throw it in the back of a truck, and said truck's gonna rumble its ass down through the field, spewing uh, fumes all over it, and they're gonna take it inside, and they're gonna throw it on a on a conveyor belt said conveyor belt might spray some water on it if you're lucky uh and then they're going to throw it into a bigger truck and they're going to drive that truck down a highway they're going to take it to another place to process it again if you're lucky they'll bray rinse it off a little bit uh they're going to shove it in a bag and they're going to put it into a, another truck and they're going to ship it across the country or a train even which you have diesel fumes coming off of that sucker and then you're going to take it throw it in the store well then you know 
seven or eighteen hundred Karens are going to pick it up and say, I'm going to examine this carrot to make sure it's a good carrot. It's not. Throw it. Kids are going to walk up and say, hey, look, all this stuff's laying out. I can pick it up and touch it. Let me wipe my face here and scratch my butt. Yeah, okay. Let me handle your carrot a little bit more. Throw it back on there. Boom. Eventually, you're going to buy said carrot. And you're going to go through the cashier. You're going to take your home yourself. You're going to, you're going to put it up on the, on, on, in your refrigerator. It's going to sit there for a while. You're going to pull it out. Um, and then you're going to rinse it off because you're, you're being smart. Because, you know, man, this probably isn't the best thing in the world. And then you're going to drop it. You're going to drop it on the floor and go, well, fuck, it's ruined. That's, that's the, the thick-headedness we have about food. This whole concept of everybody in America, if you're touching food, you have to be wearing five pairs of gloves. And I'm not saying I want to eat food off the ground. I'm just saying, you know, uh, maybe your standards are a little high, folks. Yeah. You know, I, I, I look at it like this. Eating is a part of your basic biological imperative. And if the chips were down, and you were fucking starving, you will either A, eat whatever I can provide to you, regardless of where it comes from or what it is, or B, you're going to fucking die. That's it. So, I mean, like, and especially now that I'm in a wheelchair, like, I don't make my own food. I can't. I cannot do that. I actually have to rely on somebody else to prepare my food and give it to me. I'm not ever going to turn my nose up at a meal that I didn't have to fucking make. Mayonnaise. So I don't I will eat it if somebody <laughs> else makes it for me. I really would. I'm not gonna like it. Probably won't ever come to your house for dinner again. But <laughs> I mean like I, no, seriously, like it is that bad. But I uh, seriously I just I will not turn my my head away from a free meal. Somebody somebody gives you food that's like one of the most intimate exchanges that a human can make with another human, regardless of age, race, religion, creed, or even national language. You give somebody a piece of food because they are hungry, and that that's just like, that is the first step in showing that you are a decent human being. Okay. I, I was going to call you out there because you were going on how intimate it was, and I was trying to remember how many meals my wife's cooked you. Yeah. If you have to ask yourself, then you don't need to know. You're lucky you're in a wheelchair. I'm also lucky that I am like hours upon hours away. Oh, you don't think I'm a tenacious enough to come get your ass? <laughs> no, I, I'm just like, if I were, if both of those factors did not exist, I would still sleep with one eye open. But the fact that they are both in existence, like one is not enough to deter you in and of itself. You know the funny We've thing known is, each other far you, too you long. are you are to the point now where you cannot run faster, scared than I can angry. <laughs> no, I've actually amend, I have amended that statement. I look at people, I'm like, you run faster, angry than I can, scared. Hmm. I ain't doing shit. <laughs> I remember you actually telling inmates, <laughs> I can run faster, scared than you can, angry. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? They would laugh. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can't round up the truth. When you work in a prison, math is against you, and math don't fucking lie. Okay? That's just it. When you work in a prison, the math is against you, and math... You can't round up the truth. There's no way that 30 against 1 results with 1 winning. It just... 
that just isn't. Now, on the flip side of that coin, six on one is a fair fight because there's normally six people in an extraction team. <laughs> so, I mean, like, there's balance to this, but the fact of the matter still remains. You know, I have an allergy to pain and a personal space problem. And because of that, I will move faster scared than you will angry. And that is just it at the end of the day. Well, this is kind of like got well away from the food section. Let's go back to the story at hand. Um, I really like making jerky because it's a great snack, but the meat is also good for pasta sauce and sliders, especially when mixed with some other meat like hog, said Dana Colley a veteran python hunter who just bagged snake number 470 since joining the python elimination program of south florida water management district that's a real thing since it started in 2017 go on do they call themselves the pep squad they sh- they yeah okay hang on <laughs> While on a hot line, I'm already envisioning a logo for the t-shirt. I'm sure they have it. <laughs> yeah, but not the one I'm picturing. While on a hunt last week, uh, Khalil shared some of her jerky, which she munches to help refuel during her often 12-hour days in the Everglades looking for the stealthy snakes. A recent batch with her own sweet barbecue sauce, which she has named Everglades Boys, turned out to be hard. But a batch with Mojo was on spot, on with chewy on the inside, slightly crisp on the outside. So let, let me ask you, Raz, if you had some snake jerky right there in front of you right now, would you slide a little over to me? Uh, if you, I'd share some jerky with you. You wouldn't get it anytime soon, but you know. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah, it's okay. Moment's gone. Yeah, well, sliders are a sandwich, dude. Okay, get yourself over it. Would you slide it on over? No. Would you slide it? Get, get no, it? No, I'd hand slide it. Slide some. It's a snake joke, you dick. No, snakes, snakes don't slide, slither. they slither. You know what? I thought that slither, slither would have been too much of a pun. I was just looking for like a jab. What, now you have standards? Low low standards are still standards, man. (laughs) Like, come on, dude. Of course I have standards. They're just not very high. (laughs) Well, her her top cooking tip, don't overcook Python. It's really tricky to get it right, and it takes practice. Her health advice. Low standards. She uses a home testing kit to check mercury levels in the meat and cooks only small snakes, which are likely to have the lowest of the contaminant. This is still a big snake as they can reach over six feet or more in the first year. And we go on and on about mercury standards. Um, Then we come back to this. When she's lucky enough to catch an egg-bearing female, she removes the eggs, which are a bit bigger than chicken eggs, and cooks them (laughs) either hard-boiled with sriracha sauce or in fajitas. Khalil also freezes the eggs, which she uses for cookies. I'm letting you know right now, I would eat the shit out of that. I kind of want to contact her and say, listen, we've been talking about you, and I think you should send us some cookies. (laughs) I mean, like, I I wish we had more than eight listeners, because we might be able to entice her with it. Be like, we will eat these on the air. (laughs) You know what? 
Uh, you know what? Frankly, Raz, if you get the gumption, man, I, I, I am going ahead and ringing the challenge bell. I want to see if you can land your hands on some freaking snake eggs. Like, we got to figure out how to get in touch with this woman. Be like, listen, we're from the Social Liability Podcast, blah, 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 blah. And it just fully disclosed everything. It's like, we don't have a huge audience. We don't even have a small audience. We have an audience. <laughs> <laughs> but every single one of them, all of them. Well, how many is that? That's not important. All you need to know is that it's through unanimous. We have heard back from every single listener we have, and they want to see Python eggs on the sea. Every single listener agrees. All of them. <laughs> well, the soft and leathery eggs might turn off less adventurous foodies, but the gluten-free Rocky Road and sugar cookie she made last week to share with friends are as pre-holiday treats are particularly delicious. <laughs> Just as achieving the right consistency for Python meat dishes is a challenge, spotting and capturing the invaders in the Everglades is an art in and of itself. As a professional hunter, Khalil goes almost every single day combining the marshes that surround levels for the characteristic pattern tan and light brown marked uh, with dark brown. This is kind of like a badly written thing here. But she still slowly drives her 1997 Ford Expedition on the leaves while a partner or volunteer stands on a custom-made perch uh, she had installed on top of the car with a tuna tower with powerful lights on the side for night hunts. I want to meet this chick. <laughs> I so I'm want to meet you, this man, chick. You get all of your Raz feelers out there and see if you can land us some python eggs. And I, like I said, man, the Grateful Eight all want to see it. Every single one of them, dude. I don't <laughs> even know who they are. Like, I know, like, I know that my loyal listeners are listening. Well, this story is actually quite long, and it goes on and on, but we're not going to read the whole thing. But I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm I'm definitely intrigued. I want to try me some python. Uh, I, I've had some snake. I don't think I've ever had python. Uh, but bring it on. Bring on the python, baby. So now we're going to go on to our main event of the evening. And this is one where <sighs> we kind of caught ourselves. And I'm thankful that we did uh, because you can't believe everything you read on the Internet. This story was so good. The, oh. the moment Buck sent it to me and I saw the picture, just the picture of the mugshot, I was like, this is it. That's the thumbnail. For our, for our YouTube channel, because we do record this. If you're listening to this on the audio version, we do record this for uh, in a video format where it's, you just see Buck and I talking. Uh, but we put it on our YouTube channel. Uh, but you have to pick a thumbnail, and this mugshot was going to be the thumbnail. Abso-freaking-lutely. And... I was like so just thrilled that yes, this is this is gonna be the, the the anchor for the story, and I read the story on my phone when you sent it to me. Now I've I've looked at it again on the computer and I realized, damn, there's not a whole lot there. And we ended up reading it, and after I said, okay, well, there's not enough here. Let me see if I can find their source for it. So we started doing some vetting just to make sure the story, you know, if we can get a, a, a larger write-up on it. And it turns out, right. it, it turns out the story's fake. But in but, in, but in, in in hunting down the story, 
thank God the mugshots were there because I was able to do a reverse image search and find out the real story. But uh, I'm going to read you the fake one first because it's pretty damn funny. So again, this this is not this is satire. This isn't real. Uh, police shut down Christmas mall kiosk after intoxicated Santa, Mrs. Claus, and Elf have threesome in public. An Ohio Christmas kiosk was shut down by police this week after three intoxicated employees partook in sexual acts in public. Mrs. Claus was sitting on Santa's lap, moaning and groaning, while he had his pants down and while waiting in line, one shocked parent told reporters. The elf started masturbating under his trousers and fondling Mrs. Claus's breasts, as well as French kissing Santa Claus at the same time, one offended shopper reported. Now, there, there's a bunch of different write-ups on this. All, you know, pretty much the same gist. Just, li- just different embellishments. I, this dude looks like a mall Santa. Like a cracked-out mall Santa. And the, really does. The elf's eyes are worse than yours, Buck. Um, I mean, this... Right. <laughs> and the unibrow really makes it, I think. But, you know, when you... We, you, you, we, we're not a news agency. We're simply telling you stuff that's funny that we find in the news so if we had reported this by accident and someone said you you fake to make news for you. it was a fake news meh i would have been like oh well fuck it but I, i'm glad <laughs> I, I i don't want to intentionally throw fake ones out there because then it's just it's not as funny it's more funny when it's when it's real um so a reverse image search of the mug shots actually shows us a story from april 4th 2012 titled New York trio arrested for hoarding 134 cats and sweet Lord. Look at those mug shots. <laughs> uh, five cats seem to seem like a lot to manage. 15 seems excessive, but we st- still dated that woman for over a month. 50, 50 would appear to be utterly unmanageable, but 134. The threesome above were arrested in Albany, New York, and charged with mistreating animals as 134 cats were found living under, in, and outside of a trailer, according to Q1, Q103. Uh, who obtained the info from the local police uh, reports? Uh, Arthur C. Millard, 53, his son Earl J. Millard, 26, and Mary A. Ryan, 61, their sister-in-law and aunt, respectively, have been under investigation for over a month. While it may seem notable, noble that they were trying to take care of stray cats in this incredible frequency, it actually does more harm than good as disease can fester. Authorities have begun the process of extracting the cats, and sadly, 19 of them had to be euthanized immediately. Two were found dead on site, and one of them was just really ticked off. <laughs> the Times Union reports that the trio have been charged one count each for failure to provide proper sus- sustenance slash animal neglect, one count each of failing to provide animals with vaccines, and three counts of looking like absolute lunatics. (laughs) At least 64 of the cats have been placed in foster homes, except the one who still is just really ticked off. And do we have a member of our studio audience that's ticked off about this story? That sounds like it. Sounds like it. That's the first time I've ever heard your dog bark during the the podcast. You know what? And it just had to be a story about 134 cats. And ironically enough, it's not my dog. That is my wife's dog. And I don't know why she's in here, but she is. And um, it's a logistical nightmare in order for me to be able to like move my setup, in order for me to get out of where I am to 
evict her from the room. So nice. she got to listen to this. And uh, no, she was not pleased. <laughs> well, I'm not rereading it, so it's staying in, folks. Uh, that being said, I think that's all we really got for this week's podcast. Uh, we do actually try to vet the stories a little bit. Um, and that was one that I am really, really upset that it was fake. <laughs> but, Me too, man. But, Me too. But when you when you look it up, a story about having 134 cats in your trailer, it's, it's pretty fucked up, too. <laughs> Well, it's just, I was excited for you because when I sent this, it was like two o'clock in the morning and you immediately commented back. You were like, that's going to be the thumbnail. I was like, bam. Like, I was like, I was like, bam, we got it. Blammo. Like we can center the whole, we can center everything around this man. And it turned out to be bupkis, but still those mug shots, man, that was, that was, mm. <laughs> At ten pounds of ugly in a five pound bag, which is what you that's, wanted that's to name the, the podcast. <laughs> I don't care what I don't care. I just want to throw that out there. My personal opinion of this mugshot is that is what it looks like when you witness somebody trying to cram ten pounds of ugly into a five pound bag. That is what you get. Indeed, it is, folks, and that will bring us to a close for episode 30 of the social liability podcast this podcast does not cost you a dime we do not ask that you go to patreon we do not ask that you go to our gofundme because neither of those exist the only thing that we ask for when you pay for the social liability podcast is attention just please pay attention tell a friend and enjoy the podcast is a whole lot of free funny and we we're going to keep going we're at 30 weeks strong and we're going to keep going even when holidays seem to interfere and delay us just slightly I'm the Raspberries with my co-host, the Buck Grundle, wishing you all a Merry Christmas and a happiest of New Year's. 